Hello and welcome to episode 122 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Stuart Butler, and I'm joined today with Layer Cake Pete. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. People responded really well to the layer cake conversation is, last week. Which is disappointing. I was <laughs> not for me. <laughs> I was kind of hoping that would you know, no, go no. away. No, layer cake. I was, cake. I was hoping that in the news root jingle would die no, very that, quick death. That is recorded forever. I need to posterity. go listen to this podcast episode. Yep. And every, anyone that's just joining for the first time ever, go listen to last week's. We talked about ad segmentation and targeting. In, it got into a conversation about layering segments. And Pete, Pete's name somehow came out as Layer Cake Pete, and Phil was um, Layer Taco. Yep. Wow. So Melissa, what kind of layer do you want to be? I like Layer Cake wine. It's delicious. Oh really? Yes. I like Mexican cake beer, so that, that that'll work. It's got no layers, but it's still delicious. <laughs> All right. So Already that, off the rails. Yeah. So it's, kind of <laughs> it's a record. It was ten seconds. So. Joined today with Pete as well is obviously Melissa and Phil. We got the band back together. We've had it. We, it's been a while since the four of us have done the show because we, we've had the rookies in a few times. Yeah, you know the younguns, the millennials, the Gen Zers in in the office. But it's nice to get the band back together. And this one, Pete, I'm excited about because you put these notes together. Your episodes are always great. And what are we going to be talking about today? So today we're talking about Hotel Marketing 101: Proactive Website Content Updates. And why it's important not to uh, dilly-dally and wait till last minute to update your site, write great content, and do all the stuff that you should plan to do. There there are times to dilly-dally, but not when it comes to content. Absolutely not. For sure. But before we get into that topic, what's going on in the newsaroos? All right. What? what? Uh, Are you going to play it or are you going to... Yeah, I'm going to play it. So I don't have to do anything? No. Okay. So why are you doing all right? I forgot. With hotel marketing, they cannot lose. Now it's time for news or Pete, are you, are you loving the jingle or not? That was pretty amazing. Mm. It's not, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think we might need to go back to doing it live. Yeah. I don't know. The, the, the clarinet in the background is perfection, but... And then, uh, that little pitchy? Yeah, little pitchy dog? It's flat, man. It's... Yeah. it's it's rough. It was probably your weakest performance thus far. Because sometimes, you, I mean, you can I hold a tune. Drop it in auto tune. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, I Get think that would be awesome. T Pain fuel, yeah. fuel Hotel Marketing jingle. It'll sound like. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's exactly. I was thinking more like share. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, all right. Would. So, do we actually have any newsrooms then? There's one newsroom in here. Okay. And I think I'll, I'll read the headline, but then, Stuart, I want to turn it over to you to talk all about it. And the headline is. Fuel app expands mobile access options. And this is on hotel management. So this is the big leagues. Oh, wow. So this one's just on our website. This, this is actually hotel management's publishing news about fuel. About fuel. So about it's that? an Inception news article. Wow. About us on ours. Yeah. So this article is about we be, we just rolled out an update to our app. So now we integrate with the Onity Key system. So we'd already had the integration with Asset Abloy. So if you're a hotel that's looking for some kind of mobile app solution, you want it to do keyless entry so the guests can bypass the front desk, go straight to the room, use their phone to access that that door. If you're using Asset Abloy or if you're using Onity now, you can use our app. It's it's a phenomenal product. 
rolling it out. One of our amazing clients right now, the Onity, the, the beta test is going live and um, everything's looking great so far. So if you're interested in that, reach out to your friends at Fuel Travel. This show is brought to you by Fuel Travel. We should do that. We should do um, commercials for ourselves more yeah. often in the show. I think it would be funny. Just a mid-show ad yeah. read for our own product. That's right. Buy, buy the fuel booking engine. I it's love great. all in the vein of you know, drug makers. Oh, you know, see, like, I was thinking more like the like blue apron. Yeah, <laughs> not able to get into your room on time, feeling like you're out of touch. Try the fuel hotel marketing app. Or whatever <laughs> yeah, it is. Like, I'm thinking this like the app little... may cause diarrhea. <laughs> yeah, like some kind of may side effects. May cause effect. anal leakage. Oh, <laughs> you can't say that on the podcast. No, sure, I, just, I just did. We just lost our three listeners. Yes, we haven't even gone into the content yet. But anyway. Contact us to learn about the Fuel app. Yeah, fueltravel.com. But not if you're allergic to it. Info yeah. at fueltravel.com. So we don't do that often on the show. I think it's okay. You guys forgive us, right? If you're tuning in for the first time, we really don't self-promote very often on the show. It's it's all about giving back to you, and that's what we're going to do for the next 30 minutes or so. And then at the end, we've got a question from a listener, and we're going to try to give back by answering that specifically as well. So, Pete, you want to set this up? I know you you'd put in the – it's the okay. – what is it? Yeah, so before, Eisenhower. Hang on a second, hang on. Before the, the, we the, begin the, with right. Jump in the Wayback Machine, right. and we're going to travel back to the early 1940s, Okay. and we're going to talk to General Dwight Eisenhower, Okay. because he said... He oh, be- oh, if you're going to do what he says, one, yeah, you have to do the sound effect for going okay. back, but two, if, you do, if you're going to quote him, I expect a 1940s Dwight Eisenhower voice. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I have two kinds of problems, the urgent and the important. The urgent are not important, and the important are never urgent. That's his quote. And that kind of led to something that's actually been around before him, but it's he's accredited with it. It's called the Eisenhower Decision Matrix. And you probably have seen this, even if me butchering it did not remind you of what it is. But it's the four boxes that you typically would see one example is seven habits habits of highly effective people is where you might see this but quadrant one is important and urgent things quadrant two is important but not urgent and if we drop down and over quadrant three is not important but urgent and then lastly quadrant four is not important or urgent so think of these things in a you know a square. It's a two by two square, right? Yeah. So quadrant one and two is top left, top right, <laughs> and three and four is bottom left and bottom yeah. right. So let's just put it in context and give tangible examples of what might be quadrant one, two, three. Yeah, so let's let's so quadrant one, those are gonna be things that are And again that is important and urgent. Right. So th- this is stuff you need to be taking care of right yeah. now. The way I like to think of quadrant one is you shouldn't have been here to start with because it's basically a result of poor well, you planning. Hope, you you well, hope not to. Not always. I mean, sometimes things happen, right? Yeah. Like we just had a hurricane blow through here. But um, True. You want to minimize your time in quadrant one. Right. Yeah. And, and the reason is because it's going to take up all your time. Things like an unhappy guest is a great example of quadrant one issue. You have to address that unhappy guest right now, and it's very important that your guest satisfaction stays high. Yep. Or if you have a housekeeping emergency and... Yeah, or your internet goes down. You know, there's a lot of things that can just crop up that are outside of your control, but you can't wait, you can't delay, you have to address it because otherwise it turns into a much bigger problem. Exactly. 
So when we move outside of quadrant one to quadrant two, those are things that are important, but not urgent. This is really where you want to spend a lot of your time if you can. And this is like strategy, building relationships, resort your property updates, things that take a lot of forethought to put in place and are incredibly important, but you don't have to get them done right now. And this, this is the one where people should spend the majority of their time, but end up spending the least amount of time a, a lot of the time. So right. If you don't do quadrant two, it becomes quadrant one at some point. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. And that's kind of where this kind of leads into the content discussion is because content really is a quadrant two topic. Should be. But it, it most people be. either, you know, they... they leave it until the last minute and it becomes quadrant one or they're not prioritizing it at all and they don't think of it as important mm -hmm. so quadrant three is the important not important but urgent those are things like a a phone call comes in you don't really know if it's important or not you pick up the phone and it is consuming your time right now but it may be a complete waste of time you don't really know meetings that pop up you have to be at the meeting but it may not be the most important thing on your radar those are all good examples of kind of what that is. And then lastly, quadrant four is the not important or not urgent. These are the time wastes. Stuart, you mentioned it earlier. A great example is vanity metrics. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people make that mistake where they, they get obsessed. Like social media is a great example of that with, say, how many likes did a post get or how, how many shares did it get? And... You know, that's obviously an important indicator that you want to incorporate into your overall reporting in, in analysis on an ongoing basis. But I see where some people, especially when you're new to it, that can be kind of like a drug where you get it's instant feedback and you get you feel like you're you're doing the right thing by looking at it and seeing that those numbers are going up. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it doesn't add any value to what you're doing. It doesn't change what you did. It doesn't. Um, drive more revenue it's wasting your time it's not something you had to do right then it's not something you really had to do ever because you're going to get the same information at a later date mm -hmm. in your regular reporting so yeah. that's why vanity metrics i think i think is there but there's a lot of stuff any kind of marketing initiative that you're doing that isn't working it's it's stuff that you've just done year after year because the person that had the job before you trained you to do this one thing Stop and ask yourself, is this providing value to our organization or to our guests? Because if it's not, why are you even doing that stuff? Exactly. And this is best viewed with your eyes versus your ears. So if you go to our show notes. It's hard to view things. Yeah, it is hard to. But if you go to the show notes podcast number 122, we've got a nice pretty graphic there where you can see the four quadrants and share it with your friends. Yeah. Or just Google urgent, important quadrants and you'll probably find a bazillion ones yeah. but as is the Ours prettiest is the best yeah because it's it's like all about hotel specific so all right so what what does that have to do with content pete all right so content takes should be taking place in quadrant two and what we've seen time and time again is people spend way too much time forgetting about content and then melissa like you said it falls into quadrant one and becomes a big problem so we're gonna look at five areas of content that are all quadrant two focuses and give you some specific ideas of how we need to plan for those, get them ready and as they say in the can. So as soon as you're ready to roll them out, they're done and you can be proactive in terms of the content you have on your site. Yeah, and a great great thing that I, th I don't think many people take advantage of with content 
is because they are in that quadrant one, so they're publishing it as it's as it's finished. Not many people take advantage of the fact that you can publish on a specific date ahead of time in most content management systems, mm -hmm. whatever that content type is. And we'll talk about the specifics, but you could finish an article that's not due until January, publish it now with a publish date of January 2nd, and it will just go up live, you know, and you, mm -hmm. you don't have to think about it. It's done and you can move on to the next thing. Yep, exactly. So I think that we're going to go through the, the five items just have a little discussion about each and then hopefully the listeners will take away a few things that they can work on and make yeah. their world better. The first one is offers and promotions. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. What number is this? One, 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 one. So offers and promotions. And this is a weird one because you would think every hotel would already have their plan for offers for the entire year. So they have a good cohesive marketing effort going out. That's not really the case. We see more often than not hotels being very reactive in terms of where their occupancy is to determine what they need to push and when. Yeah, we see that a lot where you're like, oh, we're, we're soft this weekend. Can we get a piece of content to push this special we just created yesterday to try to fill the hole? You needed to have that planned a while ago. Yeah, right. Well, they do it the other way where it's, Oh, we're scheduled to send an email tomorrow. Let's pull something out of our behinds to put, put it on there, yeah. right? They're not really being thinking about it at all. There's no strategy behind it. Yep. It's just doing it to, to do it. Yeah. So what we're recommending is create that annual offers and promotions calendar. You may only need to have four or six real key offers over the course of a year, and you're going to promote those over a given period of time. And by doing this, you really help the entire team. First of all, you create that playbook where email, social, your paid search campaigns, print, mail even, are all can use the same calendar and do a much better job helping to promote these offers. And the same offer, reinforcing the same message right. across multiple channels, which is always the best way to do it. Yep. And the next thing that you can also do is help address those known occupancy issues. I mean, a great point is if you're soft the first week that kids go back to school, I guarantee you in 2020, you're going to be soft the first week kids go back to school. Right. So if you know this and you're planning your offers and your promotions in advance, you can work on filling that and get your occupancy where it needs to be so that you can start yielding your rate to drive really the, the revenue that you're looking for. Yeah, and that's a that's a much easier thing if you're proactive versus reactive. So what I would recommend everyone do is go back and look at the last two or three or four years of data and see what the patterns are. And if there's consistent soft points, in for, to use your example, the first week back at school for one of your major drive destinations because everyone goes back to school at a different time, if you get out ahead of that, rather than waiting until the week before when you realize, oh, I'm, I'm slow, we need to put out a desperate fire sale kind of offer, get out ahead of that and offer incentives way beforehand, like three, six months ahead of time with some kind of value proposition and, and promote it. And then you can see how much impact you can have because mm -hmm. it's always tough to do things last minute. Right? Well, another thing to consider too is if you've downloaded the 2019 Leisure Travel Study, who put that out? That was Fuel, Fuel, Fuel I think that's how you say that word. Oh, FuelTravel.com. Fuel yeah, yeah, yeah okay. they do it. Yeah. But uh, 
the data in there asks the question, when do people book? Mm. And only 9% book within two weeks. So if you're rushing to fill your occupancy last minute, you've immediately stripped out 91% of the audience because they're not booking anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, creating demand takes a little more nurturing. So if you're trying to create demand for something that is typically not popular, you got to change your mindset, right? People are either... Well, I, don't, I can't go then because it's just a bad time of year or the weather's not great or there's some factor that prevents me. My kids are back in school. You know, there's uh, Myrtle Beach at a local CVB here has been doing a pretty cool campaign. And they wouldn't have been able to do this if they weren't proactive, but they're calling it Stretch Your Summer. And, and for the last four weeks, they've been running TV campaigns in drive markets saying, hey, we still have summer weather right now through the next couple of months. So why don't you stretch your summer? But that's something you couldn't do reactive. You have to be proactive and think through that and create content and create ads and all that stuff to try to drive that demand. Yeah. And I think that kind of takes us to the fourth point is it allows you to better promote the value of your property than trying to constantly cut rate. Like, so let's say 30% is your best offer and you're not thinking about your promotions in advance, well, inevitably, when it comes time for your monthly newsletter, you're like, well, take that 30% offer, and now let's call it the fall special. But if it's just the same thing every time, your guests understand, okay, I can always book at 30%, which now anchors your rate at whatever you think your your rack rate is, minus 30%. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think that's... That's key, right? Because the only, if you're waiting until the very last minute, the only lever you have to pull is rate. There's mm-hmm. nothing else left. So if you want to try to maintain rate integrity and look at what you can value add or, or provide as a perceived value, then I think you've got to get way out ahead of the game. Yep. The, the other thing on this, on promotions, which I've seen be really successful for a good number of our clients, is creating on the calendar defined events every year, right? And, and some of those are natural in terms of things like Cyber Monday, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, that weekend, right? That's, that's something where people are primed to buy a lot of things. So getting out ahead of that and thinking forward to the next 12 months, okay, where are my soft spots? Let me really try to de- do the discounts for those periods and get people in on the times when I'm gonna need it. So again, you gotta be ahead of this. But you don't have to just rely on things like Cyber Monday and Black Friday. You can create your own events. And, and maybe the first year you do that, it's not that successful. But if you're the kind of property that gets repeat business, you can prime and train people that this is going to be the best time of year to book. A lot of people do that around the beginning of the year. But I've also seen folks that are in summer destinations do like an end of February or middle of March date where it's like the week leading up to that they're going to really promote the fact that these are the biggest discounts of the year and get some excitement, create some campaign and really get people in. But again, in at the right times throughout the year, they're not going to discount 4th of July or Memorial day weekend. They're going to discount the first week back after school or whatever it is. Well, the one thing that I think um, being proactive really helps you with is making the right strategic decision. Like last, last week we talked about, um, targeting and picking the right targets and and so when you're when and you're layer proactive, cakes. yeah layer cakes so when mm. when you are making that decision on what promotions you're going to be running 
months in advance when you're creating that calendar, you can really put some thought and effort into, okay, why am I doing this promotion? Who really needs to see this promotion? And and you're also going to avoid a lot of the dumb things we see like simple typos in your ad copy typos in your email because you're rushing at the very end to push this if you're actually putting thought into it making the effort you're going to eliminate a lot of those risks you're going to be reaching the right people and it's just a much better marketing yeah for sure because the the one thing for all of these categories this one and and the rest we're going to talk about when you when you're planning ahead when you're being proactive you can create process right process in in terms of how you create it, how you proof it, how you publish it, all that stuff, that eliminates errors. And you're exactly right. It's a great point, Phil, that when you, you know, are hasty in putting out an email and it doesn't go through the layers of QA that it, it potentially could if you planned ahead, that's when you make mistakes. That's when there are typos or the wrong image or you don't put, I'm going to burn your buttons here melissa mm. you don't put tracking codes on your email <laughs> oh <laughs> man how often do we see that uh way too much yeah yesterday Her i got an email where the fire. city was misspelled <laughs> the city that the, the hotel city, was in yes was, misspelled. was it one of our clients um no comment oh no did we do it we didn't do oh, it okay yeah it happens right we all make mistakes we're all human process can mitigate a lot of that risk you mean like email subject lines or when someone spells sh- soggy shirts and forgets the r in shirts oh, <laughs> no. did that really happen <laughs> yep that happened oh <laughs> no well i think the other thing that you can do as well is everyone knows that we just had a big issue obviously in myrtle beach at least with hurricane dorian a lot of other areas got hit way worse than we did so we're very blessed that we didn't have any serious damage but one of the things that you want to do in the offers and promotions area is have contingency plans for when you do need to push a last-minute offer. Because sometimes yeah, it's inevitable that there's a soft period that you weren't expecting that you know somehow slips through. And you can be creative. Get like we said, and get ahead of that. So have that plan in place. We're like, oh no, we have a soft weekend that we truly did not expect to happen. You know, get get creative with your messaging. Call it you know, some kind of last minute deal. I don't know what you want to, well, you don't have to have the name for yet. If you have the great blank, blank last minute deal. And then when When you know what it is, then you go into Photoshop and you add labor day or whatever else you want to call it. Right. Don't send it out as blank, blank. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So an example of that, a lot of, and I think it was the hard rock in Florida started this, but I've seen a lot of people copying it. So Dorian obviously hit, the coast of Florida, the east coast of Florida, on Labor Day weekend. the One of the worst times it could have hit, right? Probably being worse in, in July 4th, but still pretty bad weekend for, from an economic impact standpoint. So what they did is the week after, they started promoting a, a Labor Day redo, which is a great idea, right? That's not something they planned for. Mm-hmm. But because they planned other stuff, they had the capability in-house to spend some time on that. So you've always got to be agile. You've always got to be ready to to throw the playbook out at the appropriate time. But this gives you the luxury to be able to do that well when you need to. So be proactive, but don't be inflexible, I guess is the best way to look at it. Absolutely. So that's number one for us. That was a long number one. Yeah. And a lot of that is like it parlays into all of the others, right? So I don't think we need to belabor the, the same things in everyone but there is a lot of overlap number two 
Articles and news. So this is another button burner here. Did you know that in 2020, there's going to be a Valentine's Day? No. Really? What? Yes. And in 2021, there's also a Valentine's Day. Is that... Is I it, would like is to there a leap, rule that When's out. the next leap year? Is there one that year as well? 2020 is a leap year. Is there one? Oh. I don't know that it matters so much though because... What? So every year... Every year we'll have a Valentine's Day. What about if there's like two full blue moon things going on? Every year. Even Arbor what? Days. Or every year. Arbor Day is? Yeah. So here's the crazy thing. You should never say, oh, I forgot that late Valentine's Day is coming up in February. We should do an article about that. You can write that article right now. Like the 10 best romantic restaurants in my city that happen to be really close to my hotel? Exactly. The, the, and I think... The best romantic package for my city that exactly. includes staying at my hotel? Yep. You can do all that stuff far in advance. I know. You, and, you, you don't... You meant to wait until like the week before. Is that not what you meant to do? It sounds like you guys are being facetious. Yes. <laughs> I wonder why. I'm trying to move on. Syracuse being facetious. So. But yeah, so people get stuck in quadrant one, you know, the urgent and important category with content way too often. And it forces you to miss a lot of great opportunity. So creating the content, creating a content calendar where you actually look with your entire team and say, okay, when are things happening? What can we do to promote whatever we're going to write about? And then you can work and tie it into your promotions and everything else. It can all work together if you have that great content yeah, we, calendar. We just talked about having a promotion calendar. It's just as important to have a content calendar. Because you, they need to play with each other. Exactly. It's kind of like a giant multi-color-coded calendar. calendar. Yeah. It sounds like a strategy. We'll call it like a marketing calendar. What? Something. Yeah. No, wow. I think this is the thing that people miss, though. So here comes fill-in-the-blank holiday. So we're going to send out an email about this special for this holiday. So, oh, we need a landing page for it, right? So we're going to throw this up. But you forget the other part of that content, which is search engine part. You want to mm -hmm. be able to rank for fill-in-the-blank, whatever, top 10 restaurants in said city for uh you know valentine's day or whatever so people can plan that and come to your property but if you didn't publish that a month two months ago before said holiday when people are planning for said holiday they're gonna miss you they're yeah, not gonna find you that happens so often uh, where someone writes that valentine's day article puts it out on the 13th and expects something to happen and it's like no, that yeah. doesn't always doesn't work. Guess what? Google that just way. indexed you on the 15th. Yeah. You're in trouble. Sorry. Well, we, have, we were working with a client in Albany, New York, and they wrote, we wrote an article for them about the best things to do on New Year's in Albany. And we posted it like in, I think it's like late October, November, mm -hmm. something like that. As it got closer to New Year's, that was the number one entry page on their site. Wow. Wow. Be and it was, it, it was a good article. And it was not an amazing article, but it was there when the people needed it. Mm -hmm. And it was informative. It led them through the process, yeah. and, and it well, helped. It was there when they were planning to stay for New Year's. Because right. people, most people aren't planning that trip uh, days in advance. They're planning it, oh, we're going to go to such and such city for this holiday. They're looking months in advance. So have that article out there and ready, ready to be and consumed. And indexed and... 
and then, ranking. Then you have evergreen content that you should be freshening up every year, but now you don't need to rewrite that article next year. Yeah, so that's a great exercise that I think a lot of people miss, right? Which is going back every year when you're, you know, this is the time of year you're doing budget planning and stuff like that. You should also be doing content planning this time of year as well. And go back and look at your analytics and see what are the pages that got drove not just a lot of traffic but drove revenue and at what time of year were they doing that and let's figure out a plan to refresh these at a certain cadence based on when you're going to maximize that so yeah you don't need to rewrite a valentine's day article every year yeah and in fact it hurts you if you do because then it's got a new url Mm -hmm. you know so you lose the equity in any links that you'd built for it so when you're creating a a new article like that I, I prefer it when you create a, a, the actual URL structure, the slash, slash, whatever, is evergreen and that you just keep going back. Change the publish date every time. Sure. Because but then it, it looks be fresh. it should be 2019 yeah. top no, places. Don't put, that in, don't put that in the title. Don't put that. Well, you, maybe in the title. Yeah, but not in the, title, not not in the, the URL. URL. Um, change the publish date. Maybe change the title every year, but change the content. Freshen it up. Republish it under the same URL, you're going to get all that link juice that comes from all the people that link to you. And that's another reason you want to publish it ahead of time is because then people can link to it and mm-hmm. get more eyeballs that way. But if you do this audit, if you go and look at your analytics and figure out here's all the content that it has worked, you're going to see start to see some patterns and opportunities. And then you have a calendar that's not just refreshing content, but also where can I build out other content that's going to support that content as yeah. well? And we've talked so much on this podcast, on our site, and everywhere else about 10x content. Building content that is 10 times better than the next best thing on the search results page or anywhere else. So we talked about it in episode 20. We might have to do another podcast on this because that was a long time ago. It was 100 100 episodes, 102 episodes ago. So, but it's called wow. easily, How to Easily Create Amazing Content. So go back and listen to episode 20 as well to kind of learn. That was another Pete episode, I'm pretty sure. You put that, that one Pete together. Episode? Yeah, because that's why we talked about the rocks and the pebbles. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So go back and listen to me from the past. Mm-hmm. Is that the one with the widgets and then some people in our office had to go look up what that a was widget the, was? Nah. No, we did the... Uh, that happened. I did a presentation to the local ad agency group about it. And we we're talking about people selling widgets. And a few people did not know oh, what a widget that, was. That came from the, Damn millennials. the internet or digital summit thing, that, or internet summit, wherever we were. We, right? No, widgets have been around for like No, no, ever. not widgets. <laughs> I'm talking about the pebbles and rocks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, people didn't know what widgets were. And like, why is he saying Were they young people? Were they, they were, millennials? They were millennials. They were young people. Dirty mm. millennials. Mm. So, anyway, learn more about that in episode 20. And widgets. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, that's number two. Two, two, two. Now we're on three, 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 three. Property in room, updating the photography, the text, and all that good stuff that goes along with actually selling your property and your specific rooms. Yeah. And this is what people want to see when they go to your website. If they haven't made a decision, if they're going to travel, they want to see what they're going to be buying, mm-hmm. which is the room shots, which is the amenities, everything else that goes along with that, both photography and the descriptions and video yeah. and any kind of content exactly. and, and even if they have decided they, they're going to travel this is where you can beat the competition beat the otas 
and and make them choose you and to book right now with this content right mm-hmm. here. What is your value proposition? How do you put your best foot forward? How do you shine a light on what makes your property unique? That's where this content really comes into play. And as Pete said, everything is content. It's not just words, but it is photography. And we've said this before on this podcast about having a specific photography budget so that you constantly have fresh images on the site and you don't have the guy in the sweatband from 1986 in the gym unless that's the demographic you're targeting maybe yes would you say you need a photography schedule maybe put it on that calendar we were talking about no (laughs) we need to come up with like a super duper name for this like mega awesome calendar i think you just made it up the mega mega awesome calendar mega awesome calendar calendar. there you go we need to do a template of this and then Give it well, to people. Mega awesome count would be Mac. So you're always looking at your Mac. Uh, um, Mac ooh. Rose? Mac yeah. machine? No? Yeah. yeah, the Mac machine, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Most important Tumbleweed. thing is that you have it and you use it. Okay. That, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Because you know, it happens a lot where you realize that you need to have photography done. And you get a photographer, he goes out there and say he shoots your property. And then he gives it to you and you try to just, you know, stick the photos in at where they make sense. Or you get a new amenity and you just go in there and you write a little piece of content and stick it on the site. You need to step back and take a more holistic approach. And on that calendar, say at the beginning of the year, we're going to do a full, you know, property and room audit and make sure that you've fully explained everything at your property. You have photography for everything. You have video for everything. And just keep it fresh. I think that's super important to do. And don't forget the booking engine because Good there's point. stuff in the booking engine that maybe has pictures and things that need to be updated, perhaps. And, and if your booking engine doesn't allow you to put new photos in, you could switch to the fuel booking engine because it allows infinite photos in virtual tours and videos. It's great. Have we ever tested that? Infinite? Yeah. No, I got to like infinite minus one. Oh, yeah. And then I stopped. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So the, the other thing with this kind of content is, you know, you want to audit it on a, on a regular basis, right? But you also need to audit, audit it in also, by also looking at the competition. And the competition being not just the guy next door. Like, what are they selling as their value proposition? But what are the OTAs doing? Like, go through Booking.com and Expedia and TripAdvisor and Priceline and every place that you have a profile and Google my business and go through every place that your your property exists on the web and just keep taking note of all the content they have on you and just make sure that no one on the internet has any information about you that isn't on available on your website too. And especially try to determine what that unique value proposition is or the stuff that really makes a difference about your property. Like it's close to the ball field or you offer this that your competition doesn't. Whatever that is, free breakfast, free parking, whatever that is, make sure that that content is not just available on your website but is front and center on your website. You should make sure that the brochure of your website is better than any other brochure of your property that exists on the on the web on any other portal so you've got to audit and compare and And i'll say while you're looking at other properties look at the content they have that you may not be offering at all i think a great one that we've seen become super important and i'll turn this over to you phil is the faq section super important especially uh, 
well, it's helpful for the guest, right? I mean, you have to know what questions people are asking about you. But look at this type of content everywhere. Uh, Google My Business has FAQ section. TripAdvisors, people have you know, forums about it. Look at the questions people are asking about you. Answer those questions on your website. That's going to be, you know, it's great for search results or like search engine optimization. Um, and it's and it's also super helpful for your guest. Yeah, and and don't just look online. Also, talk to folks that interact with guests. Talk to your front desk staff. Talk to your reservation staff. Anyone that's interacting with the guest that is fielding questions, document them. Take take note of what those questions are and provide content that's visible. And do it in an FAQ ses- section, absolutely. But also, in addition, put those answers contextually where it makes sense. So if if you have a page about you know the pools make sure if you're getting questions about accessibility of the pools for example make sure you talk about that you answer the question proactively on the content a little seo tip if you mark up your faqs properly they can take up a ton more uh, real estate and search results yeah i'm seeing more and more of those question like um concertinas in the search results yep. so under the first or second what what is that called? It's not it's not like an answer box because that's usually at the top, right? But it's not an answer box. It's escaping me right now. I can't remember accordion? what they called it. Is it an accordion? It, it, it looks like it looks a like an accordion, accordion, right? Because right? there's like four or five questions related to what you typed, and when you click on one, it expands like an accordion. I just don't know what it's called, but yeah, if you mark it up with schema, you can get in those more frequently. And and especially on mobile, it's taking up an almost an entire scroll of the search result page with with that cool new stuff so take advantage of that and if you need help ask us and i have been consistently seeing probably for the past four months client after client getting bookings they're not a lot of them but people coming in from natural search on these pages and the revenue's coming in i mean yeah. like well, think about, pages? yeah well, but think about the question that, that person will be asking in that search term does this property offer cribs mm-hmm. what as soon as that question is answered for that guest that's most likely their last objection before they book. So if you can just say yes, next step is book now. And I think if if you don't if you don't make if you make it harder than it has to be to answer that question, and they click on Booking.com's FAQ sections, which kick ass, and see that you offer cribs, they're on Booking.com, and their last objection was overcome. Uh, Booking.com does a really good job of that. <clears throat> um, FAQ markup, so you'll 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 see you'll see uh, you'll see that in almost every search result that they show up in. They do an amazing job of yeah. their FAQs. Not just the FAQs, but just anticipating questions, and, and like I said before, putting them in the appropriate place within the funnel. So if you do the initial search, it anticipates what what are the objections? Like okay, free cancellations, free breakfast. It's only two miles from this thing that you were looking at, you were just searching for. They really do a good job of cramming a lot of information in a very small amount of real estate on their website. You kind of led us into number four, four, four. Can we, before we get into that one? Yes. So on this property information and room information section, the mistake a lot of people make is they build a new website Right? And they just port the content over from their existing website without a lot of thought. And then they wait until the next website comes out and then they'll do the same. It's like a rinse and repeat. There isn't a time when people really take stock. So this really does need to be at a minimum an annual audit. 
But if failing that, when you do that website redesign, it's a perfect time to really stop, pause, and think this through strategically and say, okay, here's the plan. Let, let me map all this out. Because I guarantee there's not a website, even our clients, there's not a website out there that answers every question that has all the information. It just doesn't exist. So no, you I can always an, do better. It's an aspirational goal. You're going to be working toward that. but right. That's the North Star yeah. that you walk, work towards. How you do that is by doing all these things we just talked about. Yep. All right. Four, 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 four. Area information. So it's important to have area information on your website, everybody. Like Stuart just said, people want to know how far away your property is from the ball fields or the beach or the mountains or whatever it might be. We, we did a whole episode on this. The number escapes me if someone wants to look it up, but on how to drive more direct bookings through creating area information content. It's one of the most overlooked things and even people that don't overlook it the ones that do put an area info section on their site they do it wrong right they try to be a a cvb for the or a chamber for the area and they try to be all things to all people right. and just generic and that's not what area information needs to be because you're not going to compete with the cvbs or the portal sites in your area or the, the otas the area information needs to be relevant it needs to be to to your property it needs to have your flair to it. So offering your own unique twist or opinion, like staff picks of best steakhouses, the 10 sushi restaurants that are near my hotel, things like that. That's how the area should be. And remember that the area, most areas change over time. So new restaurants open, other restaurants close, some new attraction open. You need to keep your eye on that stuff and keep it updated. Did you look up that, that number? You look like you were. It is episode 97, Eight Great Ways to Gain More Bookings Through Destination Information. All right, so we'll link to that in the show notes, but episode 97. Yeah, that was a good one, and, and I think that's a, a missed opportunity, especially in that long-tail kind of organic stuff. You know, I, I feel like there's been a trend over the last five years where people have de-emphasized organic search in, in just relying more and more heavily on paid advertising. And this is one area where I feel like individual properties can still compete because if they're nuanced and if they're specific and if they're relevant to their property. And very helpful too. So, I mean, just simple things like providing directions to the thing you're talking about is is helpful. It adds that extra extra layer to how good the content is. Absolutely. Number five. Five, 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 five. This is called secondary content, but I don't know that that's a really could fair... Could be ancillary content? It could be ancillary content. Could be other. Could be misc. Other. Yeah, misc. So anyway, yeah, I like the etc. section. Yeah. There's a lot of pages on your site that right now are not very important. They're falling in the... Almost. Well, they're not important to you at this <clears throat> moment. That, that was going to be the point is right now. Until it's incredibly important to either one specific guest or in the case of your privacy policy, your data, how you use your data and your GDPR pages. Your ADA. Yeah, all that stuff is incredibly important right when it's incredibly important. So Cancellation policies. Yeah, all that stuff is, is actually important, but you don't know when it's going to become urgent. Yep. And that's the hard part is a lot of times especially when it comes to litigation 
you need to have it done before it ever becomes urgent. Yeah. And this is one of those things where you can't retroactively have done the right thing for your guest. You've got to do it beforehand. Right. So a case in point, we've had this with some of our clients in recent years, right? ADA is a big deal. And, and, and rightfully so. It should be. Everyone should be able to access the website just like, you know, if they if they have a disability, just like a, a person without a disability can. So a lot of people have focused on making sure that they're following the WCAG 2.0 AA standards or whatever that standard is you choose is appropriate for your property. So making sure that the contrast of the colors or the font size or, you know, the navigation can be tabbed or whatever that is, right? But one of the things that I think a lot of people missed, and we've seen people that we've dealt with have these drive-by lawsuits come up, is well, you also have to be ADA compliant at the property, and you also have to communicate that to the guests that are searching and researching your property. Like, do you have the lifts in your pools? Do you have... Um, Dis, um, disability accessible rooms, things like that, right? Having a page on your website that lists out all the things you physically do on premises for people with disabilities is a requirement by law. And if you don't do that, you're going to get a lawsuit. And if you don't do that, you're going to lose out on 10 to 20% of the population that has a disability and this stuff is important to them. Why would you alienate or not welcome 10 to 20% of the population to your property, especially when you're already doing that stuff on, on premise? Mm-hmm. Why not publish that page? So that that's just one example of these ancillary pages that aren't important until you get a lawsuit that says you didn't tell me that you had dis- disabled rooms or disability access rooms. That's yeah. when it becomes And really it's an expensive reason to create those pages. So right now is a perfect time to step back, do that audit for the things that aren't even on the site, and make sure that you have them all squared away. And I think one that a lot of people forget about, and this is more relevant for coastal destinations, but there's going to be one for for any destination. That's an emergency response page. So perfect example, again, we had so many properties in the Myrtle Beach area, our Florida clients and everywhere else that we're struggling to get up content about what happens on the property in the event of a hurricane. A lot of properties on our coast are in zone what's called zone A of a hurricane evacuation area. They were forced to close down by emergency management, which means the governor says, hey, nobody's allowed to be on the coast. Those properties were struggling to find a message to put up on the website and a way to communicate to their guests that had reservations or looking to book what they needed to do next. It was incredibly important that those pages were there and address all the guest concerns. And if you're doing that and a hurricane's hitting in 12 hours, you're so far behind the curve, you're having to take your eye off of, honestly, what's most important of getting the property ready for a potential disaster. Yeah. And you can really be proactive in that because one, make sure your website has, you know, if you, if you have a good content management system, you can usually have alerts that are going to show prominently and have them turned off. Right. And have the verbiage pre-populated. You know, and candidly, if you're in a coastal, east coast property right now, you're probably going to have to deal with some kind of weather-related emergency every every point. year or two or three or four or five anyway. So 
go ahead and put the work in now when it's not panic mode across the board so that you can just click a button, change a couple of words related to the dates or the name of the storm or whatever when the emergency is happening. Because guess what? You can do that a lot quicker than you can focus on what's really important, which is battening down the hatches and making sure you and your family are safe. Absolutely. And I think it, it, it kind of goes back to that decision matrix. The idea of this, this podcast and things we're talking about is to move as much stuff that can be forecasted and expected into quadrant two so that quadrant one, which is that important and urgent, can get your attention when it needs it. And it's not at the expense of the lack of proper planning. Yep. So. Good stuff. And I made a big mistake. You did? Yeah. You didn't plan. No, we took the Wayback Machine to 1940s. Oh, stuck in 1940s. We never came back. So oh, this podcast no. is actually going to be like we just invented the internet. Old. We just invented the internet. We did. 70 years ago. Yeah. So we need to go back from 1941. So okay. I'm glad you caught that. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, at least we didn't accidentally bring Eisenhower back with us when we came forward. Are you sure? It could have been a Bill and Ted kind That's of true. scenario. <laughs> All right. Rufus. <laughs> Station. Yeah. All right. So we, are we done? That's it. All right. It's so, all five. Awesome. Good job, Pete. That was good information. Another great 101 in the series. We've done what? Paid advertising 101. We've done a bunch of 101. Email marketing 101. It's great. Love it. We need to keep those going. All right. So we had some feedback from some loyal listeners. All right. So this comes from Stephanie, and she shared this with us via email. Info at fueltravel.com. That's exactly right. It's even better when it's on iTunes so we can get stars for it. Which well, so stars yes. are nice. I like reviews, but this is a question as well. This is a, yeah, this is that's So true. Uh, questions through email is probably best. So So if you have a question it's a two part process. Yeah, so you if we do a good a job review. answering the question, then maybe Stephanie will go Ooh. and leave a review. This hint is, hint, this, nudge nudge, wink wink. This is like our Pressure's interview on. for yeah. a review. Alright. So it says, Hi Fuel Team. I've been obsessing obsessively listening to your podcast for a year now and have to say you guys are hilarious and also get me pumped up about hotel marketing that's i mean that's I really what that. we try to do right? right we try to get people pumped up and we try and fail to be funny <laughs> hey but we can also answer questions and she has two of them all right she has, all right so the first question my partner and i are planning to open agritourism farm bed and breakfast in a rural part of italy where he is from since I'm a marketing professional, I'm already dreaming of how I'll do the promotion, communications, etc. for it. But I found so few resources to help me in planning this business venture. Do you have any recommendations for books I can read, courses I can take, or other res- resources as a newbie in the hotel industry? Other than your podcast, of course. Smiley face. Smiley face. Yeah, cheeky. The podcast is obviously number one, but Stephanie's already doing that. Is so. our blog number two? <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, there's some good stuff there. Um, so I have a few, but do you guys have any as well? I would say to be a sponge and make sure you check all the news sites out. So you know if that's hotelmarketing.com, uh, T News, which is now Focus Wire, uh, Hotel News Now, Skift, Skift is a phenomenal one, and just create a bookmark list on your computer. And then go through yeah. and just... We'll get an RSS aggregator yeah. or something like that. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say with with that approach, I think it's a good one, but you've got to be um, 
there's a lot of noise out there. The signal to noise ratio is not great in our industry right now. There's a lot of clickbaity nonsense. So you've got to be a little critical when you're reading through this stuff and think in, in discerning, I mm-hmm. guess is the best word to use. Um, From my marketing, like digital marketing perspective, SEO, PPC for SEO type stuff, I usually read Moz. They have a great blog, a lot of instructional videos. Their Whiteboard Friday is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like, from, from a PPC perspective, WordStream. Uh, they'll kind of keep you up to date on any, anything you need to know PPC. Now, neither of those are hotel industry focused, but you can you can yeah. figure it out. And then I'd add Search Engine Land to Search that. Search Engine Land is mm-hmm. great. Yeah, they'll keep you up on you know, Google algor- algorithm changes and things like that. So yeah. those are a few helpful ones. Yeah. So I... I have, there's a couple of books, I actually emailed these to her already, but for the listeners out there, there's two marketing related books that aren't, you know, there's the big ones, like the, the Seth Golden ones and, and stuff like that, right? Um, but there's two that I really like that are pretty popular, but I don't think everyone knows. One is Unmarketing by Scott Stratton. It's an awesome book. And that's someone that, you know, I've seen, had the pleasure to see speak. We had him at our New South Digital Conference um, one year. And um, he was phenomenal. And he has a podcast called The Unpodcast as well, where he kind of just breaks down stories, customer service stories and marketing stories. But the un- unmarketing book is really good. It just It's a real common sense approach to marketing in, in a gene- generic way. It, it, it kind of talks about how you can kind of just cut through the BS and just focus on what's important. So that's one. Another one that's really influenced me, and we actually talked about some of this today in the in the show. I don't know if that was deliberate or not, but um, Utility, which is Y-O-U-Tility, which is by um, Jay Bear, B-A-E-R. And he talks a lot about being providing value. The same stuff we talk about when we're talking about 10X content, he talks about, but in terms of helping not selling people. And uh, he uses an example in there. There's a, there's a pool manufacturer and I forget the name, something a River. Pool manufacturer. Yeah, Pool, it's, P-O-O-L. Um, the, it's the, River Pools and Spas. Out of there you go. So he talks in there as a case study about how they were about to go out of business. And he uh, or, or they decided to take on a content strategy and start answering every question that they're being posed. And now they're one of the biggest pool manufacturers in the country. All and they put it all down to their content strategy. Their content strategy is awesome. It's really good, and 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 any hotel could emulate that. I really feel like no one's done it perfectly, but I think any hotel could do a good job. Well, it's like we were talking out, about with FAQs and things like that. Yeah, their their whole process started out as answering every question anybody's ever had right. about a fiberglass pool installation. Yep, and that's literally what led to right. I think they have a marketing company called Lion now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they spun it off that, into yeah. hey, this is a, a a process that we developed that can help any business. Yeah. This is really good. So that's Utility by Jay Ban, Unmarketing by Scott Stratton. But I would also say, um, you know, I I appear on a weekly podcast or it's a video show called This Week in Hospitality Digital Marketing. I'm not on every week, but that's put together by um, Lauren Gray. Robert Cole, some really big hitters in the industry. And Robert Cole every week sends out an email which has 
a bunch of articles, like the really the top things you need to be focused on in the hospitality industry. And it's really a well curated list and they discuss it every week on that show. So I'd say watch this week in hospitality, digital marketing, or at least grab the links that are posted during that show because they're, they're very valuable. And I think you can follow him. He, he aggregates a lot of content on Twitter on, I think it's um, at rock cheetah is what his Twitter account is. And he just pushes out a lot of content as well. So, but other than that, I'd say try things, you know, experiment, be willing to fail. Um, go back if you've only been listening to us for six months go back and listen to some of the older episodes we got some that would really help i think how to market on a shoestring budget would be good Um, i think the one that we just talked about content marketing based Mm -hmm. on your destination would be good Uh, this episode obviously hopefully you're listening to because you're listening to but i think take in a lot of what we just talked about here content's going to be king i think Mm -hmm. content and partnerships are going to be key and well, Stephanie, that, if you have a specific issue or question, you can always ask us. We might even do a whole podcast on it. Well, you know, her, her next question was, I know that getting visitors into agritourism will be, dif- or agritourism will be difficult since there's... It's difficult to say. It is. And I'm Italian, so... Uh, will be difficult since it's, it's a hot destination in Italy. In, it, since it's not a hot destination in Italy. I listened to your episode about destination marketing, and I, and I know it requires a lot of doing exactly this. Yeah. Educating people about the beauty of the region. Do you have any advice or resources I can consult about marketing a new destination? I think we've covered a lot of those. I'd probably add, look at the questions that people are asking to you or just throughout your industry and make sure you're answering those. Because if people don't know about your destination to start with, it is that initial education. And this, I mean, this could be a... a- potential for influencer marketing could work well to yeah. kind mm-hmm. of um, get get the awareness for the area out there yeah i think fam tour traditional fam tours familiarization kind of tours getting media in mm-hmm. to experience it and write about it could be an opportunity also tying yourself in with i'm, I'm sure you're close to somewhere that is popular within you know a, a day drive or whatever um, try to try to promote yourself as a day trip from popular destination. Yeah, and I think collaborating too. If there's other businesses in your area trying to accomplish the same thing, drive demand, work together as a group. You know that you can be a bigger voice if there's more of you. If there's some kind of local or regional destination marketing organization, see if you can come up with some campaign leveraging their budget versus your own budget. A lot of it, you know, it's really fatty right now to do off the beaten path kind of things, especially when it relates to um, farm to table and and that kind of stuff, right? So health and well-being, wellness in general. So there's a lot of dollars being spent trying to drive demand for that. So if there's a whatever, I don't know the geography, but if there's a regional DMO, destination marketing organization, reach out and become an active member in that because they might have dollars to spend to try to drive people to your location. Also, um, we kind of talked about it last week a bit. Um, finding out what your typical guest, I know this is new for you, but what your typical guest is into, you know, what are, what are their interests? Um, try to find, you can target specific interests. So go ahead and, and try that out. Um, you might be able to bring in some people who haven't heard about your area that way. Yeah. And then, you know, there's the flywheel effect too. If you, if you, Get a few people, small pe- small group of people in, and then you turn them into advocates. We, we talk about this tool all the time on the show, but Flip.2 is a phenomenal t- tool at getting turning guests into people that are going to go promote your property 
to their friends and family on social media. So a tool like Flip2 would be great. But in general, engage with those customers. One, make sure they have a phenomenal time. But two, learn about them, not just their demographics and their interests and stuff, but how did they find you? What was it they were looking for? And you can leverage that information to expand your reach into other areas as well. I'm not sure if you brought this up specifically, but um, uh, other other agro-tourism, there might be an aggregator of agro-tourism websites. Great point, so yeah. um, if, even if you have to pay to get on that, it might be a good use of your marketing dollars to get included in um, other businesses like you so you can be seen along the same lines. Yeah, or, or if there are influences out there or, or um, communities out there, I should say, that uh, there's a good alignment between values and interest and what you offer, then maybe go and do some promotions there, like uh, free giveaways and things like that, just to get awareness. Because that's that's the hardest part, right, is you've got to get awareness first. But then once you get the awareness and people start to come, then it's all about delivering on the experience. Because if you don't nail that, if, if you fail on delivering a great experience, you're never going to be successful because... The word of mouth is more valuable than anything you can ever buy. And look at what, obviously, you're opening this bed, farm bed and breakfast because you're passionate about it. So where are you going to learn? Where are you going to share that information? You know, is it forums? Is whatever it might be, make sure that you're being obviously genuine. You're being straightforward about what you're offering. And if that's the community that you're already in, mm-hmm. just make sure you're making the most out of it. Yeah, an authentic community member that, that's doing things for the right reason, I think it's always going to shine. Yeah, and you, you obviously have to grow beyond just that community, yeah. but that's a perfect proving ground to ask for help. You know, because the people who are going to be visiting you are wanting that authentic experience and asking them, well, what do you want or what are you expecting out of this is a great way to make sure you're tailoring to their needs. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully that, that helps. Hopefully, Stephanie, that helped. Yeah, and if, if not, tell us leave a leave a one star review and tell us that we're terrible at answering questions <laughs> give us a good recipes for how to make authentic italian food farm to do you not style. already have those being italian i have You're some italian. but there's always good ones right yeah and, and it's a perfect place where if you are on a farm in italy mm-hmm. you better have some awesome food yeah and Pete's such a liar. He brings him takeout from Olive Garden. (laughs) Olive Garden is the best. (laughs) Your great great grandmother is rolling in her grave right now. That's that's terrible. And I'm really proud of us because we got through this whole segment talking about Italy with no one doing a stereotypical Mario accent. It was great. (laughs) Wow. Some really offensive stereotypical accent. I really wanted to do it right there, too. (laughs) Yeah, don't. It's okay. It's okay. Just leave it hanging. It's okay. Hey, do you want to hear a, a story about when my great-grandfather came over from Italy? Sure. I don't so, know if our listeners want to hear it. Okay. But it, it's an interesting story. But they it, can stop if yeah, they, they don't. Yeah, they can stop. It'll right. be quick. So they came over in the early 1900s, and dirt poor, like all the Italians that came over here were, and he was a, a stonemason. And every Christmas Eve, they would have smelts. If you know what smelts are, they're the worst little fish. Yeah. It's like a sardine. Smelts and pasta with like a butter sauce uh everyone hated smelts so my great granddad ate them my granddad would serve them every year for christmas eve would be you know clam sauce and smelts and stuff one year uh maybe 15 20 years ago uh this is actually before my great granddad died 
he's like, I can't believe you're still serving that shit. I'm like, what are you talking <laughs> about? This is tradition. He's like, we only got that because we were so poor we couldn't afford the good fish. That's all we could get. <laughs> so it was like for years and years and years, my family ate these crappy little fish thinking that it was a tradition. And it was just because That's our family was so poor that he's like, I, that was the last. I hate those things. He goes, <laughs> <laughs> Any other fish is better than that. So. Yeah, luckily he told us that before he passed away. Otherwise, we'd still be eating that junk. So you don't so, eat smelts anymore? No, that's, we don't eat fish. That's really funny. But yeah, so just because you've always done something one way doesn't mean it's the, the yeah. right way. Which kind of ties into the whole episode. You there bring you it back go. full circle. There you go. Wow. That was pretty awesome. Well, cool. Well, that's our episode today. Thanks for putting the notes together, Pete. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, we appreciate you hanging in this long. We know we ramble and rant sometimes, but if you want to get the notes to today's show, you can do so at fueltravel.com slash podcast and click on episode 122. If you want to submit an, a question to us like Stephanie did, then you can do so info at fueltravel.com. And if you want to leave a review, we'd love to get those. The ones that we see, I don't I don't think you can leave one on Google. So the ones we typically read out are the ones on Go- on the iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. So please do that. And Pete, if they want to find you and talk about layer cakes, where can they do it? They can do that on Twitter at P DeMeo, P-D-I-M-A-I-O. Phil, if they want to talk about layer tacos. Uh, Twitter at P Fariska, P-F-O-R-I-S-K-A. And Melissa, if they want to find you about other kinds of Layer cake wine. Where can they? I do that? am on Twitter at ma Cavanaugh. M a k a v a n a g h. You can find me at Stuart Butler. You can find us collectively at Fuel Travel. And again, the show notes fueltravel.com/podcast. Click on episode 122. And until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. <laughs>